Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you? I am doing well, Chris. How are you? Doing good. Transitioning to fall or autumn, I guess, wherever you live in the world. But it's a really a dynamic time of year, right? I mean, for horses and we're prepping or a lot of owners are prepping for winter, obviously, but also spring, right? In some aspects. Ooh, if we are looking forward and really thinking about pasture health and productivity, absolutely. We're really setting ourselves up for success for the following year in the fall. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a dynamic time of year for horse owners and really busy time of year. And I guess just to start this off, I know for the horse owners out there, you know, it's always good to kind of start with the basics. So why are pastures important? Pastures offer a couple different really important things in horses' lives. And it's not to say that there aren't horses who aren't managed appropriately and happily without pasture. And some, honestly, that is for the best. But pasture can be thought of as a food source. So it's a great source of forage, again, provided it is managed appropriately. And this is a time of year some people actually get into a little bit of a pinch with that sometimes and maybe don't realize it. It's an option for recreation. Horses can go out, roll, run, be a horse, and kind of nice in terms of just replicating to some extent that more natural habitat for a horse. So a lot of horses, even if it's not a major source of calories in their diet, just enjoy pasture time in general. Yeah, no, it's it's always great, you know, when driving around and you see horses out on pasture, you just, you know, everybody loves to see them out there and, and it does have a purpose. It's so important for their nutrition and today's topic especially is important, mm-hmm. but we're talking about transition. So right now, today, as we record this in, in September of 2023, we're transitioning from summer to fall. So I guess a, a question I have is, what do our pastures kind of look like? And, and really, if you want to break this down to say like, you know, you in Ohio or, when I, you know, down in Florida or the southern parts of the United States, like South Carolina, and even for our listeners in Canada, all their pastures are going to look a little bit different, right? So if you could just kind of give a snapshot of what those different areas might be experiencing. Sure. So I think the best way to break down this discussion is, are you in in an area that predominantly has warm season grasses or are you in an area that predominantly has cool season grasses? And as their name suggests, the warm season grasses are the most productive during warm periods. So your Bahia grass, Bermuda grass, those that you're going to see in the southern parts of the country predominantly, super productive in uh, especially June, July, August. So in that particular case, you've really gone through a flush of grass growth. So you might have quite a bit of forage availability right now as we're talking about end of August into September. As temperatures cool down, which in those parts of the country, they're a little bit behind us up here in the more northern parts those warm season grasses start to tail off. As it gets cooler, they are less productive. That won't happen for a little while yet. People who are in more of a flux and really focused on this fall pasture management are those with cool season grasses. Orchard grass, timothy, fescue, all of those are cool season grasses. And they're actually the least productive in the dead of summer when it gets really hot. So you'll see that spring growth and we have lots and lots of grass, usually more than we can deal with. 
productivity tends to go down July and August. And and as I mentioned, some people kind of run into a little bit of trouble because this tends to be the time of year their pastures get a little bit stressed and might be overgrazed. And even though there's green grass out there, there might not be enough forage available to support the horse's needs. But as we're moving into fall, it's actually going to cool off, which brings a little bit more pasture productivity. Sometimes that becomes a problem as we get into those cool nights and sunny days because we can get too much sugar in the grass. And then, you know, for some folks, we're not very far into the future going into too cold to where the grass is going to go dormant. So this is, yeah, definitely a flux time depending on where you live. This pattern is going to shift a little bit, but it's the perfect time, particularly if you have cool season grasses, to be thinking about pasture management. Yeah, no, it does. It it is. It is such a season of flux and and I can see it. You know, you're right because it does die off and then, you know, your your warm season grasses start growing a little bit slower as the temperature drops and then you start getting, you know, cooler nights and the cool season grasses start to grow. So there's a lot going on, just a lot of transition. So I guess the big question is, you know, how would our horse owners supposed to manage this transition? So I'd say the first thing you want to do is Always be aware of how much actual forage you have on the pasture so you can make appropriate decisions about when to rest a pasture. Or in my case, for example, I was walking a pasture this morning going, oh my God, I have to mow in order for the horses to graze this more evenly. Um, Because, you know, horses like this sweet spot um, where you don't want to let them overgraze the grass. So you don't want to let it get below about three to four inches because that damages the root system. That's going to impact your productivity, particularly going into next year. A lot of times what we do tend to find, though, is is maybe not the situation where there's too much grass that they're not actually eating. A lot of times this time of year, because our cool season productivity has been down in July and August, pastures end up overgrazed. And the best thing you can do for that pasture health is actually to remove horses from those pastures, whether you're using a rotational system and letting some rest or even pulling them off onto a dry lot for a little bit to allow that grass to get back to six to eight inches, reintroduce grazing at that time. And the nice thing is, as we're moving into fall, our cool season grasses will have a window where they become more productive again. So you're going to have more grazing available before it gets cold enough that they then go dormant. So one of the things that concerns me is like when you do pull horses off pasture, this rapid changing diet, is that a concern? I mean, if they're grazing it down and all of a sudden you go, oh no, my pasture needs to rest, I better pull them off and just give them hay. You know, it's one of the things we always talk about is to avoid rapid changes in diet. Uh, So would you advise caution, slowly introduce hay? I mean, how would you address that? No, that's a good question. One of the few, and granted, in a perfect world, we'd never have any rapid change. One of the few changes that honestly goes pretty smoothly the vast majority of the time is taking a horse off pasture and putting them on hay, provided it's decent quality hay and all of those things. So there's not too much concern there. It's more a question is, if we're going to move horses back out on pasture, do we need to reacclimate them? The general rule of thumb is if they're removed from pasture for more than two weeks, the hindgut will have really reset and they'll no longer have a big population of the bugs that digest the grasses efficiently. 
So if that period of time the horses are off pasture is longer than two weeks, then yes, we would want to follow that similar acclimation to what we do in the spring. Start with 15 minutes, slowly add from there. The other thing that mirrors spring, and not necessarily to the same extent or often for the same length of time, but we do have situations where you're going to have warm, sunny days. And as a reminder, during warm, sunny days, your cool season grasses accumulate sugar. And then overnight, provided the conditions support growth, the grass will use up that sugar and grow. However, just like spring, we're going to have some of those really cool, crisp fall nights, and it won't be warm enough for the grass to be able to grow, so that sugar will accumulate. So we can run into those issues with horses having laminitic episodes on fall pasture, because the grass can get very high in sugar when we have those lovely, warm, gorgeous fall days with those very chilly nights, just like spring. So let me follow up with that because a question popped in my head that someone might have in their head. And that is, okay, so we don't want to let them graze in the morning, but could we just let the sun burn off the sugar, right? Uh, you know, let, let the, the sunlight come out and then just put the horses out in the afternoon. Is that a good idea? Ah, that is a common question, but in fact, it doesn't work that way, Chris. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. The sun is actually going to keep accumulating sugar, so it won't have used up the sugar from the day before. And by afternoon, you'll have twice as much sugar. Grass only grows at night, um, so you can kind of see how that would happen. Um, in fact, you know, particularly when you have those really nice, warm, sunny days and like a light frost in the morning, those are mornings that your grass will be very high in sugar. That makes total sense. Okay, so one of the things is, what are some of the other things? Because we talked about this in the beginning. It's dynamic season for horse owners. They're, they're, they're out there busy managing their pastures. But what are some things that they should be doing to make sure that they are going to be productive in the coming year? So this is when agronomists come in and say, okay, this is when you want to do these things to, to make sure your fall pastures are productive, but more so you can see the benefits in the spring, right? Absolutely. And, and I will preface this by saying I'm not an agronomist, just a horse owner who manages some pastures <laughs> as well. So we've, we've focused up until now on appropriate grazing. Okay, so let's not let it get overgrazed, pull horses off, that sort of thing. That is incredibly important. The other component to that is actually making sure the field itself has the nutrition to grow. And then thinking about, especially the cool season grasses, fall is a great time to overseed if we need to do that. So if it's getting a little bit sparse. So general recommendation when we think about fertilizing our pastures is to go ahead and get a soil test and that will check the soil nutrition so you know exactly what nutrients need to be added. Also check soil pH because fall is a good time to add lime if needed to adjust soil pH. But again, not something you can know just looking at it if that is what you need to do. So always best recommendation would be to get a soil test, fertilize and lime according to those results. And as I mentioned, overseeding, this is a nice time of year to do it for your cool season grasses. Kind of Basically, right now would be the time to do it. If you wait too late in the fall, you won't see those results. If we're overseeding, one thing to keep in mind is that horses absolutely love that like really, really soft, tender new grass. So not saying you can't continue to graze horses on a pasture that you're overseeding, but for best results, honestly, 
you're better off being able to rest that pasture. The fall seeding lets it get a nice little start before winter. And then come spring, you're going to have a really healthy, robust pasture to support your grazing demands for the following year. All good recommendations. Now, quick question. If we do apply fertilizer lime, should we let the horses back on or how long should we keep them off? What's the general recommendations out there? So we'll say always a caveat to check the label of whatever you are using. General recommendation for fertilizer is to keep horses off pasture until you have a really good soaking rain. All right. Final question. And this is weeds. <laughs> Drives everybody nuts. Uh, weeds because, you know, in the summer, not a lot growing. It's hot. Depends on where you live. But hot, uh, they're, they're not really sprouting. But when it hits fall, weeds just to seem to sprout from everywhere. And what are some things horse owners can do or where could they seek help dealing with weeds? Because, you know, it's going to depend on where you live, what type of weeds uh, and all that. But what are some of the general recommendations? Yeah, absolutely. So every area has a little bit different group of weeds that like to move in. Part of the reason, Chris, that you tend to see an explosion in fall weeds is often, dun dun, if you have overgrazed your pasture in the summer and it's maybe not as healthy as it should be. Um, so, you know, your local extension or um, honestly, a lot of times there are different agronomy companies that are available to you locally that can help with some of these things. Um, there are certain herbicides that are safer to use on horse pastures than others. Again, always make sure you're reading the label to see what you need to do in terms of grazing restrictions when you're using herbicide on your pasture. But yes, along with fertilizer, seeding, Knocking back the weeds in the fall is a great way to plan for spring pasture productivity as well. Yeah, no, you do all this work and it does really pay off. I mean, it, it really does. I have a lot of friends out there right now busy managing their pastures, uh, seeding, doing all these things. Now, any tips for the winter? I know we've done podcasts on on getting ready for hay and and, and winter prep, but is there anything that somebody should think about right now to check off this list? Well, Chris, I'm not ready for winter. Let's not put that out there for starters. Um, it's just a few months. It, it is. It is coming. Uh, no, I think the one thing I do want to throw in, because this is a common question that we get in the fall. So you have a horse who is sugar sensitive and you recognize that fall pasture is just not appropriate for them often asked, when is it safe to put horses out on pasture that might be sugar sensitive um, as it relates to frost? So a lot of times you'll get a couple smaller frosts. Very bad. Do not turn them out then. Once you have that killing frost and the grass goes dormant, um, wait until the grass is fully brown. Then you can let horses out on pasture. I will say they'll nibble around at that brown stuff and it's a recreation type activity. They're not getting a whole lot of nutrition from it. But generally, it takes about a week from that hard killing frost until grass totally goes dormant. And you'll know it's the case when it is brown. That being said, I wouldn't necessarily recommend we do winter turnout unless your ground is frozen. Because if it is muddy, you're going to tear up the root system, impacting spring pasture performance. To be perfectly honest, this is one of those things that Seems like it should be really simple. Turn horses out and graze. And it is the bane of most property owners' existence is making sure their pastures are healthy. Yeah, no, it is. It is a constant fight and, you know, a constant management, but it does pay off. 
great advice today, Nicole. You know, all those tips uh, will help all of our listeners uh, really help their pastors and, and get ready for the coming year. And I just want to say thank you to all the listeners that have left us five-star reviews on iTunes and Spotify. I was just reading the comments yesterday, passing them on to Nicole, really warms our hearts and, and just motivates us to, to keep doing this podcast, keep getting this information out there, you know, to make your lives better, but really for, make those horses' lives better or any of your equine buddies. And as we keep putting this information out there for you, if you have any questions, any suggestions, you know, you can please contact us. The link is always in the show notes, or you can go to tributeequinenutrition.com. There's a contact link there for us, or you can follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Leave a comment, say, hey, here's, here's a topic they haven't thought about or they haven't covered yet, and we'll see if we can get that scheduled for a future podcast. But thank you so much for listening, and thanks, Nicole. Great stuff today. All right. Thanks so much, Chris.